so did you read the article from newsweb blog that i pocketed i did not so i'm going to pull this up it's on the newsweb blog it's called farewell to little things okay what does that tell you really nothing it's a really terrible title yeah <laughs> so little things was a really popular publisher yeah. which had like 12 million followers mm. and uh, they shut down wow so this is what happened a memo goes out in the company which says facebook's prioritization of friends family content over publishers was the last straw what does that tell you Well, now that you've explained the context, I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know exactly what they're talking about, which yeah. is that like a lot of publishers, large and small, really depended on Facebook mm-hmm. to get their content out there and get a lot of views and good engagement. And then Facebook changes the algorithm, and now everyone's basically screwed. So, do you want to do a fun exercise? Yeah, let's try. So, this article. will give us an insight into a publisher that had to shut down because the only uh, platform that they were relying on basically screwed them over and we're going to look at it as consumers for a change usually we look at it as journalists who create content and how it would affect us hmm. but we are also consumers and we use facebook as much for news discovery and connecting with people as much as we use it for publishing and making a living off of sure absolutely so This is Jagar Journalism, and what are we doing today? We are deconstructing, I guess, Facebook this time, even though we're basing it on a news web article. Yeah. Um, and this is just going to be a podcast where we just deconstruct things that we hear or read or see uh, in the news. This is a sad story. So how come you chose it? I chose it because it was very relevant right now, and uh, let's go back in time. This this is when it all started. Facebook decided that it was not going to keep a chronological feed anymore. Your feed would be based on how much interaction you have, how much people like a post or engagement they have. Twitter did the same. Twitter held off for a large portion of time and finally even they started using an algorithm. Even Instagram did that. You've mentioned that when the shift from a timeline that was based on chronology to a timeline that was based on an algorithm dependent on engagement was a game changer for places like Facebook. Can you yeah. tell us about that? So this, it was actually a masterstroke by Facebook. Uh, Orkut used to do that. Orkut was not algorithmic, and they were doing really well until. Um, I just want to add that for listeners who like me don't know what Orkut is is it was a really famous social media app I yeah, guess at some point really but that's not something that was ever on my radar. Okay. So it was a really famous social media website on by, owned by Google. And um it was basically Facebook but not that refined. It was like a um, mash between Facebook and WordPress or some bl- blogging pa- platform. So eventually, everyone moved to Facebook and um, Twitter and uh, Instagram and Snapchat, and that's the world that we live in now. The algorithmization of, a, if that's a word, it was a game changer because it acted as a cloak. So. under the algorithm excuse 
publishers and platforms could push more content of a certain kind or get away with stuff how come because it's not going to be chronological right so you don't have to push it to as many people as there are so then you can start choosing how many people your post goes up to as soon as the algorithm started the concept of reach actually started the prioritization of some posts and deprioritization of some other posts was actually starting to happen when chronology was stripped right so if it was chronological your post would appear no matter what yeah on if someone just kept scrolling eventually all, yes. they'd fall on exactly. your thing now that was not the case that's why you see some of your posts come in your timeline multiple times like even though you have refreshed your timeline some of the posts disappear and the others appear yeah so that's all because of the algorithm and something you need to understand about the algorithm is that it has this ability to decide how much reach a post has so please explain yeah so the reach um is a really important factor so a lot of people might think that because they like a page or they choose to actively engage in a certain page's content whether that's a media publication or George Takei for example um there's the assumption that if you like that page or at least at least there used to be the assumption that if you like that page you would see the content by clicking the like button but actually that's not the case so a lot of media publications they might have say 5 million people who've subscribed on Facebook by hitting the like button but Facebook is not actually going to push out the content that these publications are publishing to all 5 million of those people. They try to push it out to whoever they think will be most interested in the type of content that's being published based on things that the person has liked, based on the types of comments that the person has written, and they're matching it a little bit with the I mean, data that's linked to the post. So if it's a video, you have tags you have a title and you have a post so there's some keywords in there that that Facebook can pick up on but that's a pretty significant thing it just means that you may have 5 million people telling Facebook i want content from this publisher but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to be seeing the content regularly or ever and now if we want to like fast forward in time to what's been happening lately Facebook has taken off taking publishers off most people's timeline even though basically the way i see it the people told them they wanted to see publishers by liking the pages but facebook has decided that they are god and they get to take that away this is one of the most pissing off things <laughs> that i have experienced in my lifetime because i spent whatever fucking years i've been on facebook to carefully curate which pages i like unfollow pages that i find annoying unfollow people that i find annoying and like people and stuff that really resonate with my like interests so it was i was tailoring it to be the perfect news feed it's become really pissing off because you spent a really long time telling facebook what you did and did not want to do forever forever yeah for since the, since ever. we started with facebook since facebook started its algorithm change right since it started saying like you could unsubscribe or unfollow those annoying family members who post everything about their lives and you just don't want to know all about it 
Um, yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. No, it doesn't matter. Now these people are popping. You, for you, you've experienced that these people popping right back up on your feed. Yeah. Now I, I adopted a different strategy when I found out that Facebook did this. I just started watching because we were told that is this was going to affect video content more than any other type of content because Facebook believes that videos are passive viewing that people just scroll and they happen to fall across a video, but. Quite honestly, that's what I mostly did with my time on Facebook as a journalist. I was sort of like keeping an eye on how other companies were putting their stuff on Facebook, what kind of posts they were put doing, what kind of content they were using that really worked on Facebook. So when Facebook announced this algorithm changed, I realized that I didn't have friends and family on my uh, feed as much. Uh, I still had a lot of publishers, so I just decided to just watch every single video that popped up or not even like watch I would scroll if a video came up I'd leave it on and I might even do something else but I'd just let it play for as long as possible because I knew that this was basically an gaming algorithm the gaming the system um, so luckily I haven't seen that many publishers drop off my Facebook timeline yep. which is exactly what I the situation I wanted to create unfortunately as a publisher myself um, the algorithm change has dramatically affected the kind of views that I tend to get on the videos that I create. And that is a problem that little things also had. Right, so let's get into this article that you found. At its height, the four-year-old publisher had 12 million followers on Facebook and 275 million monthly video views. This doesn't happen by fluke. If a publisher has managed to gather 12 million followers in just four years and rakes up 275 million monthly video views, that's not a fluke. They're working hard. Yeah, absolutely. They've figured out their audience. Yeah. They know what works for them and yeah. they're dishing it out to their audience in the way that their audience wants. So actually, I want to ask you a question here because what I've heard a lot since this algorithm change has been made, and I guess this is not going so much from the consumer angle, I, I'm really bad at doing that, but um, a lot of people were saying things like, oh, well, that's, you know, publishers should have known better than to rely on Facebook for all of their audience. In the case of something like Little Things, what do you think about that? I think Little Things must have tried I don't know personally, but I'm pretty sure they must have tried their hand at Instagram, YouTube, other avenues. But for the kind of content that they defined themselves, Facebook was probably the one that was working. And that's not just them. That's thousands of publishers across the globe. A lot of them found that the kind of content they made worked on Facebook. And that's why they relied on Facebook for a lot of things. And yeah, because what works, we know this from experience, that what works on Facebook does not necessarily work on other platforms like YouTube or Instagram, yeah. right? Instagram's not a particularly good video platform. Mm -hmm. Twitter's not a great video platform. YouTube is a great video platform, but it's a completely like, instead of scrolling and happening up upon a video like users do on Facebook, on YouTube, they know what they're looking for when they first sign into YouTube. Yeah. They, they search for it or it's someone they've subscribed to. Uh, and they go that way and then maybe they get then like discover other stuff by the suggestions tab. Instagram. Instagram doesn't let you share a video. Yeah. So that circle doesn't happen there. Snapchat doesn't let you like rank of views unless you have a lot of followers. 
you might show up on discover but how likely are you to for someone to find you on the search or hashtag or something right absolutely and i think it's important to point out that like most media publications do not have the manpower that would be necessary to create different content for each platform that they're publishing on that it's would just be not realistic if, <laughs> yeah. yeah if media houses which are already struggling with revenue had to like substantially increase the size of the departments just to make one youtube video and one facebook video so he, and one twitter video from, from where i see me, any media publication that wants to get serious about video and conventionally hasn't done video has two options or even if they are conventionally a broadcast unit but they want to get serious about social video or uh, web video they have two options one they set up uh, they increase the number of videos they do and really lock down the definition of how their videos look online and what vibe they have how they different from their general broadcast or print articles or they make tiny tiny units of multiple platform specific video teams do you agree yeah absolutely but the thing about this so the, the, but there's a cost right, right? Yeah. like either you cover more different types of stories yeah or you don't do that many stories but you rework it for each platform yeah. and personally i would prefer like as a publisher or as someone who works in journalism i would much rather cover more stories yeah. than reformat a video to fit That's three four choice. five different platforms That's an obvious choice and uh, the other alternative people go for is their own native players right so even that hasn't worked out for anyone native advertisement unless you have a substantial amount of traffic doesn't work for so many reasons one being like i mean who actually goes to a news website to watch videos mm. i don't i definitely don't go to even the big players i never go to aljazeera.com to see aljazeera videos i'll go to their youtube page or i'll go to their facebook page um i never go to cnn i mean we can list pretty much every major news publication i never go to their websites to watch videos so native players that people embed on their own websites and i'm i'm, I'm assuming i'm not alone right so if i a journalist don't bother to go to media publications to watch their videos i can't really expect that other people are going to do that more than i am right i'm consuming yeah. the media all the time yeah i'll go for articles absolutely i'll search for articles like on the web but i'll never go for a video maybe if it's embedded in a story at yeah. most but even then i probably won't play it because <laughs> the time it takes to load a native player versus youtube loading time or facebook loading time That's who's it. got time for that yeah. nobody <laughs> <laughs> so this is little things uh writing to the employees our organic traffic the highest margin business and influencer traffic were cut by over 75% no previous algorithm update ever came close to this level of decimation the position it puts us in was beyond dire this is a sad memo yeah this is a memo of an organization that was successful like aspirational success just yeah gambling. i just i just want to just repeat that number is that they lost 75% of their views and their views were in the millions their followers were in the millions yeah. so to lose 75% of that i mean can't even no 
A Digiday report says that the Little Things team had daily meetings on how to navigate the continuous tweaks to the Facebook algorithm. So they really tried. They really tried and they were smart about it. Yeah. Still didn't survive. So this, as far as I can see, is... So here's my thing. Okay, Facebook, you are one of a kind. You have figured out how to make people spend more time on your platforms. You want to do greater good and you keep trying. But there are a lot of things that you have gotten wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I do think that ultimately they, 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 they're acting like their sole responsibility is to the individuals who use Facebook for contact with friends and family. I don't really believe that. Their responsibility also goes out to publishers that they have worked with, that they've been in touch with, um, that they've allowed to build things. I think that they absolutely should be responsible for that because a lot of those publishers, it's like, it's, it's thanks to those publishers that Facebook has been able to retain people for hours on their platform. Publishers who depended on one platform are dying. So you need to put your eggs in multiple baskets and not one. Yeah, but we've, I mean, like we said, it's, it's a choice between covering more content or repurposing the same content in three, four, five, even different ways. Especially in India. You want to cover more because there are stories happening everywhere. Like, there, there are so many places that haven't gotten the justified amount of attention in national media. And all these changes kind of are pushing businesses for the sake of profitability to diverge in a way that you do lesser stories and you do it more platform dependently. So it's kind of counterintuitive. Right now, the risk might be at the organizational or publication level. Even if we do the second option, the risk is going to be on a team level. So if Instagram becomes unprofitable, your Instagram team is going to get let go. Like what happened at Vox Media. Vox Media shut down a chunk of their video department in no time. Yeah. Right? Just the coincidence of it happening just after the Facebook algorithmic change is uncanny. Funny. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Something like hearing context that. about like places like little things and a lot of publications that have suffered. So, when are we doing this next? Uh, we should do this again tomorrow. Yeah, let's try. Okay. Let's make it happen. So, that's whatever minutes. See you tomorrow. Oh God! Don't <laughs> even get me started. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next episode. Uh oh. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, interesting. Okay, share, subscribe, like our podcast, and we also want to hear from you. So what sorts of media would you like for us to deconstruct? So how about we open this up? Like whoever listens to this podcast, if you help us understand how you consume content through a message, a comment, or you can look us up on SoundCloud and leave as long a comment as you want. It's regard journalism on SoundCloud. So just 
help us understand how we consume content because clearly there is a lack of communication between the audience, the platform, and the publisher. Absolutely. Deep. 